and the Bobcat is with us. He is Hello, He is with us. Bobcat. Hello, hi, how are you? Good, Good morning. You? It's the crack of noon. No, no, no. I'm just not used to talking to you guys at this hour. <laughs> well, I suppose now that you're a big uh, producer and writer and director and all the rest of it. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, now, now the, the pressure to be funny is off of me. I can just see uh, a pretentious load. But, <laughs> but that was never a problem because it wasn't like you uh, kind of laid it out and said, well, here's how it's going to go. You just kind of did it and kept doing it and got very successful at it. You know, whenever you Google someone's name, all this weird stuff comes up. But now you have so much credibility that, that like, the first three or four things, nothing, nothing weird comes up. Like, in other words, what I'm saying is, I can't really, let's just say Jerry Seinfeld. I guarantee you the second or third thing would say Jew. <laughs> this is true. And then let's say you would Google uh, blah, 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 Jew, third thing, gay. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that comes up. You know what I'm talking about when you Google but someone's the, name. But, but the gay comes up only with the, the good-looking leading men. Most, yeah. most of the leading yeah. men, is, it's the second thing is gay. Um, <laughs> That's true. You're right. So but I think the, the subtext there is people who, you know what I mean? Like, like that never comes up with me. Dead oh. comes up. Bob can't go through dead a lot, but not the gay. I was going to tell you, it's way down the list. Dead is way down the list now and i'm not kidding you this is a true story i just left a, a meeting with a bunch of guys and uh, i said i gotta get going i have to go do an interview and i said well who are you interviewing and i said bobcat goldthwaite and the guys went oh god that's great you know i love the you know god bless america or i love shakes a clown or i love uh, you know the police get what they went down the list of all things they love and this one guy goes i thought he was dead and i said are you thinking about? Are you thinking of Sam Kinison? Oh yeah, that's right. I was thinking. I was thinking of Sam Kinison. Like what? Well, the other the other day, someone thought I was dead, and they thought I died of cancer. So they didn't even think I was Sam Kinison. I don't know who they thought I was. Cancer. The specific death. Here, here. Very specific. I thought, <laughs> Wasn't he stabbed? I thought you had halitosis that killed you. You know, it was either Bobcat Goldthwait or Sal Minio. I'm not sure which one it was. It was... I'm not sure. Yeah, I was actually uh, wrestling with Sal Minio. <laughs> One of us was going to go out. <laughs> it's great talking to you. Thank you for taking time. Matter of fact, uh, I, I had left you a, a phone message a few months ago, like five months ago, and you, you called right back. and Well, actually, you texted right back and said you were in Australia. So I, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was in Australia, and then I went to, uh, with, with God Bless America, and then I went to uh, Edinburgh right after that, too, so. It's, so it's really doing. strange. I, I travel around the world with these tiny movies that we make, and uh, it's you know it, it's great. You go to the other countries, and I say, "Well, it was a huge hit in the states, so it's uh, it's nice that it's finally opening here." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta hey, tell you, I, I, first of all, I love the movie. I told you that before. God bless America. Joel Murray was incredible in it. Uh, it was just a great movie. But thanks. <laughs> A people thing just popped up on. Well, I just want to mention very quickly what what does come up now when you you Google Bobcat Goldthwait, um or Robert Francis Goldthwait, either one. Uh, what pops up first is IMDb, and then the second thing that pops up is is God Bless America, and then the third thing that pops up is uh, you know comedy. Uh, so the first three things that pop up for you, you've got a ton of credibility now. You're like a, you're like this go to guy. Yeah, I think um, uh, it's time for me to sell out in a big way. I agree. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree completely. I just had my agent sent me an Adam Sandler script, and I just wrote across it why. 
Oh. <laughs> no. Well, okay, I, you know, I don't want you to get real oh. personal about this or whatever, but see, I don't, and I'm not, let's say we're not talking about Adam Sandler. Okay, because, no, and I like Adam, but I just I know, like, it's kind of too late for me to jump into the studio world, you know, I, I, I'm on this, this trip just making my small independent movies and stuff. I actually just finished a new movie. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about, as a matter of fact, at length. That's uh, one of the reasons I want to have you. I just had a thing pop up on my screen now. It says, people who search for Bobcat Goldthwait also search for Joel Murray, Tara Lynn, ba- uh, Tara Lynn Barr, Nikki Cox, Alexi Gilmore, and Sam Kinison. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. That's phenomenal. I was, uh, well, I got really quiet there. <laughs> yes, you did. I'm trying to figure out which one of those I had sex with. <laughs> well, I found out. Uh, I don't even bring that story up again, but I found out many years ago. Uh, yeah. So I look like a complete a complete douchebag. But um, <laughs> I'm fine with talking about Sam's and mine relationship now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, um, you know, for me. It's been because I've known you now for 26 years, something like that. I think yeah. that's right. Like 26 years. And uh, you did uh, a spot for us in the KQ Morning Show out in Vegas a couple of years ago. That was a ball. People just loved it. It was a wonderful deal. Nick DiPaolo was crabby because he had to open for you. I never care about when I go on. I know you're going to. It's either going to go well or poorly, and uh, and you know I I really don't care when I go on. No, I understand, well, but it never goes poorly, does it? I mean, it's been many many years since you've set fire to a set or something like that. Uh, oh no, it's it's gone poorly. It's gone really sheer, sure this year, and I hate to be a comedian that goes to a, a town and then goes, well, that those people were hillbillies and it was poor. But <laughs> yeah, I was in. Uh, Bettville, Arkansas, and it was uh, really was one of the worst gigs I've ever done. I, at one point, I was laying on the stage because I hated the crowd so much, and I was going, <laughs> not only have I never said this before, I have never thought this before. I am better than you. <laughs> I, am, I am better than all of you. You just so, laid down a defiance. Yeah, and by the way, this is the same summer that I, I performed at the Gathering of the Juggalos, and that went better than playing in Arkansas. <laughs> I love that. Uh, for me personally, though, I, looking back at the first time we met uh, at the KQ Studios 26 years ago, or it might even be 27 years ago by now, but it's been kind of fun watching you know you go in all these different directions when you you know like shakes the clown i love shake if you have not seen shakes the clown ladies and gentlemen you do need to see it it's hilarious it's a tremendous movie and it never got the the it never got the uh the popularity it it never reached that level that it should have and i still to this day don't understand why well i mean it's um thanks for saying the kind words you know there's this uh, it is very similar to like uh bad santa i think um much better uh, but well, but I mean, but I think that's nice. But but it, it's just I don't know. You know, I've just always kind of gone after the things that interested me at the time and just made these things. And and the the the, the other part of the equation of like reaching an audience never really uh, it, it it doesn't really happen. And 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 I don't really spend too much time worrying about that. Which uh, you know, a lot of other filmmakers do it the other way. They think about how they're going to have mass appeal every time they make a movie, and and they're they're all about 
kind of, and it's a little indulgent, but they're kind of, first they're about entertaining me and my friends. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, if other yeah. people get them, that's great. But yeah. Yeah, but people are getting God Bless America. I mean, the movie is what, a couple years, is it two years, one or two years old now? Well, no, it just came out. Uh, it's the first time it aired was, uh, it, we played it in the Toronto Film Festival, but that was at the, that's at the end of 11. 11, But, yeah, uh, yeah so it opened uh, last year, and right. then, um, um, you know, and then World's Greatest Dad was, uh, oh, you know, a few years before that. But I'm trying to pick up the pace and do one every year now, so. And, um, Anyway, that's where we're going to spend uh, most of this time. But I, but I did want to just mention that it's kind of it, it's kind of great whether it's uh, you know like you or somebody like Nick Swardson or or you know like the first time I will never forget the first time that you walked into the KQ studios. It was it was a funny experience because I had seen you and uh, you could get pretty wild. There's no question about it. Sure, sure. And I used to do all the interviews in, in character, which you did, yeah, which. which uh, Sold a lot of tickets, but it's certainly annoying for the people talking to me. You know, <laughs> it wasn't for me. But the greatest thing I'll never and Tony, Tony, Tony Lee, you, you remember this as well. Yeah, I, I bet he he walked in and I said, "Is there anything I could get for you?" He said, "Yeah, do you have any tab?" Remember that? Yes, for sure. Tab. Yes. You wanted tab. I said, okay, somebody run down to Byerly's and get Mr. Goldthwait a six-pack of tab. So they did. They went to the grocery store and got you a six-pack of tab. Did it even make tab anymore? Yeah, I think no, so. I think, yeah. no, really? I, I think it's like, now I'm on the Dr. Pib. Mr. Pib. Mr. Pib. Dr. Pib, he, he went to school. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he. He's a very important guy now. I cherish a memory when I first met Bobcat years ago, too, at the radio station. He was just kind of hanging around. I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll ask him for an autograph. And he's like, oh, let me let me try something different. He just took a little napkin and gave it back to me and said, Tony, go fuck yourself, Bobcat. <laughs> beautiful. I would never do that. No, actually, yeah, that sounds right up my alley. <laughs> well, it was wonderful. But my one of my favorite memories as well, and again, I understand uh, that we're going to certainly talk about the movies you're working on right now, but one of my favorite things, and I talked to, to Catherine, my wife, and Andy, you've, uh, you've met both uh, Andy and Catherine. Alex, our daughter, is not, uh, not here. She's sick, unfortunately, today, but we all do the podcast together, and, and we just have a great time doing it. And I said, one of the things that I want to do on a podcast you could no longer do in radio, do you remember those times when you used to come in, and one particular time, when you interviewed Lonnie Anderson? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, I remember I scared her. And then yeah, I you did. Believe, I believe I brought her flowers or something the next day. <laughs> she <didn't> show up. <laughs> you just creeped her out? Yeah. Uh, she's a crazy little minx. She says no, but, but <laughs> I say yes. You know, you should do. You should just call. Next movie you're going to shoot, just call and say, "So you available?" Or yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a quote it's from Bob. A, it, it's about an '80s road comedian, and he becomes obsessed with a woman from WKRP. It's not what you think. Yes. If you come in and read, remember that interview. Opens uh, in the Goldway hot tub. <laughs> yes, things go very, very well. Uh, another thing, see, this is one thing about you that, uh, that, that again, you just bring your name up on the screen and all these different things. There's a quote that just popped up from England, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. I'm not going to make a film with Justin Bieber. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, as if Justin Bieber's trying to make a... I want to work with the guy who didn't shake the clown. No, um, you know, yes. for years I... For years, I've been working on, on this uh, uh, movie with Ray Davis for the Kinks, uh, right. a musical. And, uh, and and the reason it's taking so long is, you know, I, I, I'm not like, uh, I want to make sure the cast is great and the right people. And that's why I said, I go, I'm not just going to go work with Justin Bieber just because I could get a movie going that way. You know, I, I sure. want to make sure it's somebody that, uh, you know, you know, whatever. I don't know why I'm trying to deflect this. It's just a beaver, and I—I <laughs> I don't want to lose all my beaver fans. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to admit, you are one of the great storytellers in in, in the United, well, in the world actually. When you tell a story, there is always this great payoff. Always. I, uh, you know, the the latest story I have is is one that involves my daughter, who's who's 26, and she's a. a a stylist for commercials and and for um, okay. and for and for other things. She she works a lot, and um, so I get this text from her. She was doing a thing with Russell Brand, and I get a text and it says, "Dad, I have diarrhea," and I it was an emergency, and I went into Russell Brand's trailer, and I was using his bathroom, and now he came back to his trailer. He doesn't know I'm in his bathroom, and I'm trapped. What do I do? <laughs> And I said, I said, well, make him feel uncomfortable. Just open up the door and say, hi, Russell Brand. I had to change my tampon. You know, Shark Week. <laughs> and, and my daughter texts back, Dad, I love you. Now, she thinks I was trying to figure out a way to help her not feel uncomfortable. But in sure. reality, I was like going, what can I have her say so Russell Brand won't try to fuck her? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Good fatherly advice. That is very good fatherly advice. That's the one reason. I mean, uh, not the one reason. It's a huge reason I wanted to wanted to talk to you on a podcast too, because I've we've talked on the radio many, many, many times over the past you know quarter of a century. But a podcast is a different deal because you can say things like, "I don't want Russell Brand to try to fuck her." It's right. a new. You know, I could talk to you like you and I sat down and you know in the in the little waiting room, uh, waiting to go in and do the, the, the radio show. And, you, you know, on radio, you got to clean everything up. and There are things you can't talk about. I mean, people get nervous. Uh, last uh, Monday, Daniel Baldwin was on, on the show, right? And so I'm talking to him. And Dan, I don't know if you know Daniel or not, but pretty decent guy. Um, and maybe you've had a different experience, but I don't no, know. No, 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 I don't know him. No, I don't. I've only met Chef. Uh, Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the very. He only he only showed up when Curly Baldwin died. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking to Daniel Baldwin, and I said, "Have you ever done a movie together, all all four brothers?" And he said, "No." There was a script that Alec worked on, and then he got us all together to do a read through, and it turned out 99 percent of the movie was about Alec. And one uh, percent of the movie was about the other three of us. And then on the on the air, KQRS, he said, "Can you fucking believe that?" <laughs> and I said, "You know, just let it go, whatever." And we didn't dump it or whatever because the guy who was producing the show didn't hear him say it. Because uh. I mean, why should you pay attention to the interview, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he said, "Oh, you know what? I just think I, I said the f word on your show." I said, "It's no problem because you didn't mean." To, to, you know, it was, a, it was just an accident. You didn't mean to say it. And plus, you're not talking about the sex act, so it's not really that important a deal. It, it just, as a matter of fact, it's kind of a compliment. You were so comfortable, you thought you and I were just talking on the telephone, and you said, can you fucking believe that? 
Well, Daniel's going to be on the show, on the podcast next Tuesday. And I'm not, I, it's going to be a nice opportunity to say, you know, you can actually say, can you fucking believe that on a podcast as much as you want and nobody has to worry about it. But what's funny about that was everybody at the radio station, the management and the sales department, lost their fucking mind. I said, what are you so whipped up about? <laughs> we're going to get fined. We're going to get fined. I said, we're not going to get fined. He didn't mean to say it. He's not talking about the sex act. It's not that big a deal. I just think that radio, and I'll tell you the truth, Bobcat, in the next few years, I'll probably segue out of radio and just do the podcast all the time uh, because we can talk very frank, frankly about things. You can talk about your daughter. You know, you can talk about how much you love her and how much you care for her. She can think that you're really trying to watch out for her. And again, your yeah. response is, I'm just trying to think of ways where Russell Brand doesn't try to fuck her. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the way things are going. And, and uh, it's, it's crazy because, uh, you know, I've always kind of stayed away from social media. Uh, but I'm yeah. not, I'm, I was I joined Instagram because at least uh, I'm that it's uh, I think I think more visual. But the you know my my daughter same daughter she came in and she's like Dad there's some guy on Facebook trying to get laid saying he's you. Oh. And I was like I was like well we gotta we gotta stop that ASAP you know. But uh, I'm like uh, he hasn't tried to ask out any of your friends right that would be weird to know. But um, yeah but, you know it wasn't me but I was like. Why would you say you're me in cyberspace? And I figured it out because if you say you're George Clooney and then you go to meet the person and you're not George Clooney, you know, they would go, you're not George Clooney. I'm leaving. Harumph. But <laughs> Harumph. If, Harumph. Yes. Harumph. But if you say you're me and you're not me, you still got a dog in the fight. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're going to fuck Bob Cat Goldflake? Come on. That's got to be worth at least a reach around in the parking lot. <laughs> well, I think it is. I mean, I think but yeah, question. so I've had to kick off uh, two people that were posing as me because they were harassing uh, people, which is really weird, you know. Uh, on Twitter, bizarre. you have to prove that you're you when you're kicking off the fake you, which is a, which is a drag. But, um, you know, these are the times we live in. I, I don't know if you've had, have you had anyone post as a fake version of you. Uh, yes. <clears throat> That's actually that. happened, and, and basically... Uh, I had a, a husband show up at the radio station. This is a few, a couple of years. Oh, Seriously, no. husband showed up at the radio station and, and said, uh, "I understand that uh, you're banging my wife." And I said, oh. "What?" And he said, oh, "No." I, I, he's very pissed off, right? <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Look, I'm telling you, I don't have time to bang your wife. First of all, I'm working on it, like four different jobs. I got four different things going. I don't have a minute in the day. Plus, I really don't want to be killed." Love sponge, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was bringing, He brought uh, Hulk Hogan along with him. <laughs> yeah, you know, just worked out really well. But this guy, I had to talk to this guy for about a half an hour because he was convinced. What happened was, is this guy was posing as me, and this woman believed it. Guy was better looking than me too, so I didn't mind it that much. But oh, you saw the guy. That's interesting. <laughs> I had to talk to this this guy and calm him down and said, "Look, I'm just telling you. Let's go inside and talk to all the people in here. They can tell you." If I if I wanted to have an affair with your wife, I wouldn't have time to do it anyway. I'm just telling you. And the guy finally did believe me, and we tracked down the guy that uh, was. What happened was this is interesting. Um, this guy who was posing as me went into uh, the original sports bar at the Mall of America. It's not there anymore, but uh, he goes in the original sports bar in the Mall of America, and he says, uh, "I'm Tom Bernard from KQRS, and everywhere I go, I get free drinks." <laughs> And they said, really? <laughs> the bartender says to him, oh, really? I didn't realize that. 
He said, yeah, I, no matter where I go, people give me free drinks, so I just wanted to tell you up front that if you want me to frequent your bar, that I want all my drinks for free. That's just the way it is. <laughs> and so the bartender, the bartender says to him, so, God, I love your show. Uh, you know, you don't look anything like I thought you looked. He goes, yeah, a lot of people tell me that. They, they tell me that all the time that, that I don't look like they think I'm going to look. And the bartender said, no, the reason that you look different to me is because I'm Tom Bernard's brother. <laughs> oh, it was my, wow. The bartender was my brother, Troy. It was. <laughs> that is great. I love how he set it up, too. Just let oh, he did. He just roasted the guy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Troy. Well, yeah, he's my brother, actually, and you're not him. But I, this uh... prick. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I once got a call from the Nevada Police Department because they had two guys who were got in a bar fight, and they said that they were me and Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of hot guys. Me and Meatloaf just kicking ass in a bar together. <laughs> I, I need to ask you a favor, and this is the only favor I'm going to ask you. But Andy, um, on the on the podcast with us here, he's uh, he doesn't talk all that much, but when he does, get a word in. He's very he's a very clever clever kid. Andy, you've never heard about the uh, the the near death of Bobcat Goldthwait on the airplane, have you? I don't think so, no. Bobcat, if you wouldn't mind just telling it, it's such a magnificent story and you tell it so well. It's just the kind of thing that would knock Andy out, if you don't mind. Oh, no, sure. It's a, it is a true story. It happened a few years ago. I was on a, a flight going from Los Angeles to New York in about two and a half hours, and the engine blew up, which was terrifying. I mean, people were yeah. screaming and drinks were flying and... Uh, it was like, well, it didn't make that noise. Uh, clearly, I'm not the black guy from Police Academy who makes funny noises. But the, the engine blew up, and the whole plane started shaking violently, and it was, it was heading straight towards the earth. Like, it just was careening towards the earth. And I thought, before I freak out, I'm going to see what the flight attendants are doing. And, uh, and I look, and two flight attendants were looking out the window, and then they, they turn around, and they were, they were sobbing. And, uh, oh, you know how they go, we're here for your safety first. Fuck that. Like, these whores had checked out. They were, like, holding <laughs> hands. They are squeezing each other's hands going, I always thought you were professional Karen. And then <laughs> as, the plane, as the plane careening towards the earth, the pilot got on and goes, oh, ladies and gentlemen, this your pilot. There's no reason to be alarmed. We're going to land in Cleveland. In two to two and a half minutes. Swear to God, by the way, that was his like demeanor. Was just, like, you know. <laughs> Dean Martin it's, voice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was like totally. Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, what are we today in the army? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, 
story about Dean Martin walking through the Paramount lot in an Army uniform. So we're in the Army, I guess. So, so, uh, so the pilot's like, by the way, I want a pilot that's on the same page as me. You know, I want a guy that's like going, holy shit, you know, at least they'll go, oh, right. he's, he's just as freaked out as I am, and he'll probably save the day. I want a pilot going, uh, you know, uh, Keep your trays where they are. It really doesn't matter. Cause, uh, <laughs> kiss a stranger. Smoke. Rub one out in your seat. I'm going to try some shit I learned in pilot school, but uh, I've never really had to do before. That would have been more comforting. Because that's the voice of death, that comfort, that mellow voice. Like if oh, you're, yeah. You're, you're walking down the street and a guy goes, I'm going to kill you. He's not. That's just some drunk guy that wants his buddies to pull him off you so he doesn't have to get in a fight. Like, <laughs> right. I'm going to kill you. Calm down, Todd. He's not worth it. But <laughs> walk down the street and a guy came up from behind you and went, I'm going to kill you. That fucker's going to kill you. That is going to be the last voice you hear. He's going to be in your bed naked, something like your bedroom. <laughs> With a hard on covered in goat shit and a, <laughs> a machete. I told you I was going to kill you. But so the plane's craning towards the earth. And now, just before the. It's <laughs> really horrible. The, the pilot got back on and he goes, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason to be alarmed. When we land in Cleveland, the runway will be covered entirely in foam. And at the very end of the runway will be a fire truck. And I, I sincerely thought, Well, this is the end of my life. And then clear as a bell, one guy in the back of the plane went, Fire truck! (laughs) (laughs) He was excited. He was going to be a fire truck. (laughs) (laughs) And I know like people get upset. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I know folks have mentally challenged folks in their family, and I know they have mentally challenged people that they work with or whatever, but but if you don't think that, that they're a human being, you know, if you don't think they say anything funny, you're denying that they're human beings. Because right. that's the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard another person <laughs> say in my life. Fire you know? <laughs> truck, you know, even you be excited, you got that medal. Like, people want to change the story, and they say it wasn't really the Special Olympics. And I'm like, look, it was 35 men and women in red, white, and blue running suits with medals. So if it wasn't the Special Olympics team, it was a really, really big hip hop group with Down syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I had, oh, by the way, give me an idea how big my ego is. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, I'm thinking if this plane crashes, is it going to say Special Olympics team dies in fiery crash? Or is it just, you know, also on board 80 comedian Bobcat Goldthwait? Or are people just going to read it fast? Bobcat Goldthwait, Special Olympics team, go, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of the greatest stories of all time. And you actually got to laugh. Andy laughs at at nothing, unless it's really Uh-oh, funny. Oh, that's good. But that is a 100% true story. And you know what's funny? The comedian Dimitri Martin was on the same flight, and uh, as we sat for the next plane to come, we're sitting there like, uh, did you hear fire truck? And he's like, yeah, man. And we're both like, uh, <laughs> So even though you were terrified, did you have a good laugh at that? Oh, yeah, a good laugh, but I'm also like going, dibs, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's all yours. I don't tell <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not t- I'm not telling Down syndrome stories, so yeah. By the way, it even got worse. I never tell this part of the story, but what happened was when we finally got on the plane, I, they, you know, half the people wouldn't even get back on the plane. And, uh, but the, 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 uh, the, 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 the athletes got back on, that's the best way to say it. And, uh, but I said, I have to take a picture because no one's going to believe me. And I took a picture, but the flash was on. And mm-hmm. so this guy from the Special Olympics turns around and looks at me, and everyone's looking at me like, you're an asshole. 
<laughs> but then the guy just the guy just looks at me and he smiles and he holds his medal up like, yeah, take a look, bitch. You know. What I mean? <laughs> 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 like, All right, that's good. <laughs> See, there's always now. You told that story. You you told me that story about four times, and the story. Is always great. I mean, there are little little things and little addendums and little additions or whatever. Every time you tell a story, like I said, you're one of the great storytellers of all time. Anyway, but um, when you tell a story, you always go, "Well, it's kind of like in the back of your mind, it's like, well, I've told this to him before, so I got to add a few little things that have never that I didn't mention before." I mean, that's just kind of how you are. But uh, I think that's to like. For for yourself, you kind of try to keep it fresh and 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 try to keep it expanding, you know, just so 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 you don't get bored and 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 and, and it's just it's kind of like making a movie, you know. You get there and you may have the script, but then you know you see what happens on the day and things keep changing and stuff. So you know, I'm I'm a big fan of always of of when I make a movie, I'm a big fan of improvisation, but not necessarily. When you say that, I think people think like. When you say improv, people are like coming up with comedy bits. You know, sometimes uh, a serious thing can be improv. You know. Yeah, no question. I, I do uh, have to tell you that God bless America. I think that well, you were we had talked about it briefly when you we were in Vegas at the same time when you're doing the, the KQ show there. Um, but God bless America. Joel Murray was incredibly good in that movie. Uh, did you? Was he the guy you wanted from the very beginning? No, I, I just wrote it, you know, uh, for basically it was a it was a Christmas present for my wife. Um, you know, people think I'm a misanthrope, but uh, <laughs> actually, my wife said she goes, "You're a misanthrope," and I go, "You only say that because you're a person." But um, <laughs> yes, I. I uh, you know, uh, so I didn't really have anyone in mind, and then uh, you know, as a suggestion from her, you know, uh, I I was watching Joel on Mad Men, and, and I was like, oh, that's a great idea, and he's an old old friend, so it wasn't hard at all to get him. And you know, he thought I was asking him to play like a small role, but he was like, yeah, man, you want me to be the guy? So it was it was great, you know. He was tremendous in the movie. It was very well written, very well. I mean, you did the whole thing yourself, right? You did everything on that on that movie, didn't you? Well, I, I I mean I wrote and directed, but but um, but you know who financed it is uh, is uh, Ted Ham from Ham's Beer there in the in, Ted in the, Ham did. I didn't yeah, know his, that. Yeah, so Ham's uh, Ted Ham, whose family I believe sold Ham's Beer a while ago, but but it yeah. is the same folks, and uh, and he's produced the World's Greatest Dad and God Bless America. In now, fact, I have a big Ham's Deer tattoo on my chest. Because <laughs> there are more movies I, I came, to make. Yeah, I came into his office and I showed him the, the tattoo, and they and they looked at me and they got really quiet. So clearly, they were 100 <laughs> on board. Yeah, and I go, I go, look, there's plenty of room for Fox Searchlight on the other side. <laughs> yes, exactly. My my body's turning into a NASCAR burn suit. Now, as you go along, um, World's Greatest Dad did very well, correct? Well, I mean, you know, again, in, in what terms? I mean, it, it certainly people didn't lose money, and they, and I got to go to Sundance and film festivals around the world with it. So, yeah, I mean, I, that exceeds my expectations. Now, now, if you compare it to you know other other indies or or you know the Avengers, you know, it's whatever. But 
for me, if people don't lose money working for me and then we get some nice reviews, that, that's pretty great. And God, God bless America is in that in that same uh, category, correct? It, it, that, God bless America has done done well, also has it not? Yeah, it's the first movie I've had that played, and it's opened in Japan and stuff like that. So that's really weird. It's a, it there's is. a great there's a great poster from Japan, which I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know if they got the movie because it's got <laughs> a, it's a of the teddy bear with his head blown up. Yeah, this is God bless America. Like, all right. <laughs> Andy pointed out to me the other day that they celebrate Christmas in Japan now. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yep, for a while. I yeah, and they that... started. They start celebrating it really early, like like even as early as we do. Yeah. Really? And they do yeah. it for longer too. They keep yeah. on going with the uh, the winter holiday spirit. So you said you were working on a new movie right now? No, I, I kind of just finished it up. It's uh, oh, it's you did. A, okay. uh, it's uh, it's. <clears throat> You know, it's kind of it, it, it's a it's similar to my other movies in the sense that it has my sensibilities, but it's probably a little different for 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 me. It was it was a, it's a Bigfoot movie, and I went up to Willow Creek where the uh, Patterson Gimlin footage was shot 45 years ago, and uh, kind of uh, it's semi real and semi. It's a horror picture. Uh, I showed some of it to Jimmy Kimmel the other day, and he was very. He was very supportive. He he called it uh, "Scary in the Henderson." <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, is that the, the footage you're talking about? Is that is that the one where Bigfoot looks directly into the camera? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where uh, Patty? That's uh, that's Patty. <clears throat> it's a it's a female uh, Sasquatch in that film. Oh, it is. I'm in deep. I'm in deep. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I always found that interesting. That you know. Bigfoot's kind of loping along. They've got that long loping gait, and all of a sudden, she just turns and looks right at the camera, like, "Yeah, what the?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I just realized that's a good argument for the folks that go back and forth on on the reality of it. If you were faking a, a Bigfoot, would, would you have it turn around? I don't know. But I wouldn't think so. I don't understand. The one weird thing about the Patterson footage to me is the fact that if you look at it, that's Sasquatch has cans. Yes, that's true. And it's such a weird thing to add. Like if you're going to all the trouble of making a Bigfoot suit, and you go, "Yeah, we got to." I mean, it's either I—I I don't know. It's a great misdirect, or or somebody's really horny. Like someone's like <laughs> one of the one of the early uh, furries or right. fluffies or what are those guys? Yeah, the furries. Yeah, furries. Yeah. furries. I like it. <laughs> I think that. Basically, those guys are just guys who want to bang other dudes but don't want to admit their sexuality. It's like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gay. I just like to bang foxes. And, uh, yes. I just really love to nail capybaras. <laughs> you know, they actually wear the suits while they do it, right? Some of them. Yeah, sure. yeah. 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 And, and they have flaps and stuff. I was at a hotel once, and there was a convention. What was really funny is that some of them had their regular attire on, so they would have... They would be like a guy who's a raccoon, but he's still rocking his ACDC back in black t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. I, I, oh, by the way, speaking of raccoons, I had a, uh, when, I, when I got done with the first assemblage of the movie, one thing I realized in, in a horror picture, you know, there's always that scene where like 
you hear something break, and then the camera spins around, and oh, it's a cat, and then all of a sudden something horrific happens. You know, what right. I mean, the cat knocked over a lamp. Right. Well, I realized when I looked at my assemblage, I don't, I didn't have the the, the cat. I didn't have the misdirect. So I went up, and I wanted to get a shot of a raccoon out in the woods, and um, and uh, my daughter called around, and my wife and I. It's four grand in L.A. to film a raccoon. What? So yeah, four grand because you got to you got it's the raccoon's people and you know all this BS and the catering. And the, yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot of no garbage, garbage can lids. Yeah. Stream. You have to give it a stream. So I went and got. Uh, I went and and we found this place that about two hours out of town that rehabbed raccoons. Really. And so these are raccoons that have been injured. So they're already a little dodgy, you know what I mean? They're like right, a little, right. a little sketchy. They're like afraid of people. They're a little bit like the, they're like the nom vet of raccoons. They're a little ready <laughs> to go. And so we we take we so I go in this cage with the camera, and the woman who was uh, uh who was in charge of the raccoons wouldn't even get in the cage with me. And this this raccoon actually just starts climbing up my pant leg and is missing his tail too. By the way, so it was oh. And the woman from outside the cage goes, that's a happy noise. I just sat my pants. I'm really happy. That's a happy but, you know what? I got the shot. It was so Ed Wood at that point. It really made me laugh. That I'm, I'm, I'm like a raccoon in a cage. And I actually brought bushes and trees into the cage and made it look like the rest of the movie. Sure. Yeah. So, get, what is the name of the, the movie? Well, the name of the movie is Willow Creek. That's the actual town that that's what it is. Right. Bluff Creek is where that was filmed, but Willow Creek is this town which, you know, 45 years later, a good portion of the town is still that's the industry. You know, there's the Bigfoot Motel and the Bigfoot Museum and Bigfoot Books and. And so a lot of the folks that actually live in the town are in the movie, and um, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I, I think, like I said, it's different for me, but there's still comedy in it, and there's still, I hope, surprises. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. There may be a little bit of Bigfoot rape in there, just a spoiler alert. <laughs> just a taste. Well, a taste. Just, it's all implied, and it's off camera, so it's nothing too graphic. And when uh, when can we expect to see see uh, the movie, Willow Creek? I think... I'm hoping that'll be out like in the, in the fall of this year, and I'm getting ready to start up another movie uh, this spring. So, so uh, yeah, so I'm very busy. So, when do they, people approach you all the time about? First of all, let me say this: <clears throat> that independent films are about all I ever see any anymore. Um, we've tried to go to these different movies, uh, Hollywood movies. I have no interest in Hollywood movies any longer. I, I just. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're they're not really made for us, probably guys our age or or, no, or people true. our age. And it's also they're just but like rides. They're not really about anything. You know, they're not. There's no without something pretentious. There's no subtext. There's no other story or anything. You know, it's just what no. you see. It's supposed to blow your ass to your face. And there's no. You know, there's no, uh, you know, you know, all the movies I make, even something as, as, as weird as a Bigfoot movie, I'm usually trying to figure out something for myself. And for right. me, this is like something that the eight-year-old uh, Bob Goldplate was trying to figure out. Like, I really was fascinated with this as a kid. And yeah, um, sometimes, 
sometimes it's my relationships. You know, sometimes I'll finish a movie and I'll go, oh, and I'll realize who other people were playing in it. But um, but everybody else usually figures it out before I do. Like, oh, uh, yeah, like 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 Joel goes, oh, so I'm playing you. <laughs> yeah, the reason that he does what he does in that movie, um, well, we could talk about that because the movie's been out for about about a year now, or whatever. But but the whole setup to why he does the things that he ends up doing, I thought was a great part of the movie, and that's why I like independent films because there there are actually reasons for people to do what they're what they're doing. It's not like well, he just did it because he wanted to do it. Well, no, there's a, you know, yeah, and also I like the idea of. of of, of being able to, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the things that they rally against, not, uh, not, a, not all of those things I, I actually agree with, uh, but I, right. I think it's weird when characters in movies don't name names or products. They, they just, have, you know, it's like when you see a, a can of beer and it's not Budweiser, but it, you know, and it looks like Budweiser, but it's fake and it takes you out of the movie. It takes me out of a movie when people have conversations and they don't talk about anything. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, so my characters in that movie were highly opinionated. You know, I, I yeah. really don't have a beef with Diablo Cody, you know, at all. But, but, um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he, the line where uh, the girl says uh, she's the only stripper that suffers from too much self-esteem. Um, <laughs> which, which that blew up into another thing and, and it's like I really don't sit around watching Diablo Cody movies and getting mad you know I'm like, you know but uh, I, I, you know the whole movie for me was about was about why why do we why do we have such an appetite for distraction why are we not interested in our own lives or even just conversations that are stimulating why is it just about sensationalism what you know i mean that's a big part of what that movie is about for me. well it was a tremendous movie as i well i think i, I had talked to you <clears throat> after i actually uh, did see god bless america and i was very impressed with uh, first of all i really liked the ending because the ending to me was very real a lot of times in hollywood movies the ending comes you go well that wouldn't have happened but god bless america yeah. ended the way it should have ended yeah and the only way it could and it's funny right. that pe- there was people that suggested the other kind of ending and i was like <clears throat> I was like, uh, no, I wanted one that throw, threw it back on our laps, and we went, oh, you know, am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? And and, and I wanted you to feel mixed up at the end. I didn't really want it to be, uh, you know, I didn't want you to go, yay, at the end. I wanted you to go, well, that, that <laughs> yeah. was, you know, I was very happy at the end where you go, well, that's really fucked, which, which you know, um, which was the only way. And, and I was very... Uh, it was a weird day filming that. It was actually kind of sad. It was like uh, the sure. end of the movie. It was the end of the movie, and it felt really sad for us. Well, I did, although I, there was some joy for me because the people who got it deserved to get it. Oh, sure. But, but you know, it's funny when you're, when, you're, when you're shooting people like that in a movie, it, it really, uh, the energy on the set is very silly most of the time. It's a lot like uh, working in a horror house. You know, not a not a sexy whorehouse, but a, a spook. <laughs> Either way, there's no way to say it. There's too many double meanings behind what I'm trying to say. So there are no real whores, but there are different kind of whores. Yeah. So, um, so it, it was probably the most laughs we ever had making a movie. That was really. Funny. Yeah, we would come home and be picking pieces of fake brain out of our hair and stuff and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. I love at one time, and it's in the movie with that mother when she gets covered in blood. The the, the effects guy turns and looks at me and goes, Hey, it's not an exact science. Doesn't <laughs> 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 really ask for a blood tsunami, but, you know, that the, that'll be the last take. Even at the wall, it all looks like spin art. <laughs> so you you sound like you're like the happiest you've ever been right now. You're doing what you want to do. Uh, you're getting to say what you want to say. That's that's pretty rare, isn't it? Yeah, I would say that I am actually. And, and people, uh, you know, I think there's a there's a, a big emphasis in in our society that you know you're supposed to be in front of the camera and you're supposed to be you know just famous you know and 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 i'm i've I've become much more happier than i've ever been uh doing things on my own terms like you know being behind the camera and doing stand-up but when i go do stand-up it's not all this craziness around it it's i'm happy to go and and uh, you know i love playing like uh clubs and stuff and and yeah i really am as happy as i've ever been are you gonna are you gonna be uh coming to minneapolis st paul anytime soon Probably. I mean, I come in there once a year. You know, I right. love the Acme. It's a great, great room. It's probably, uh, if not the best, certainly one of the top three in the whole country is the Acme. You know, so. and how, how do you yeah. find time to do that? Would you? I mean, you're working on, you, you wrapped up Willow Creek, but there's going to be a lot, there's a lot of work left to do, obviously, as far as promoting it and getting it, uh, you know, all, all the screenings and getting people to, you yeah, know, getting people's interest in it. So how do you find time to actually hit the road and, and do stand-up? It's just a mixture, you know, I don't really, I take the dates and then I work everything else around them and stuff. So it all worked out, though. The last time I was in town, um, uh, it was great because the movie was playing the festival the same time I was at Acme. So I was was going and introducing the movie. And and then I'd go back to the comedy club. I don't think they've ever collided like that before. You know, I I think uh, stand-up kind of, keeps you for me keeps me really based in reality because you know i go to i go to sundance and people are calling me an auteur and and then oh you know, three, nice. and then and, and then and then three weeks not even three weeks the last time i was at sundance i got on a plane and then played a uh uh a native american casino <laughs> <laughs> with nobody there and i'm bombing you know so oh was, really it, yeah, yeah, so it's really humbling. It's like, uh, hey, on tour, uh, <laughs> we talked to your agent, and uh, we don't know if we're going to make any percentages this weekend. <laughs> now, where was the casino that you played? Do you want to know, really? What, uh, well, I, I do want to, because I, I don't really understand why anybody would uh, not go to see you at a casino well, and have a good time. I don't understand well, that. Well, it was, in, it was in, like, this time of the year, so it was in Tower, Minnesota. Oh, God. And um, there was nobody there except actually members of the uh, the, the tribe, right? Uh, because it was all snowed in. People were the the folks that did make it from the tribe were on snowmobiles, and um, <laughs> and and the chief was in my dressing room. And he was. <laughs> I, I couldn't talk off the okay, off the record. Allegedly, how about if I say this? Allegedly, he was drunk. <laughs> and he was crying and really hammered, and uh, and I dubbed him Chief Running Tab. And <laughs> we appreciated that. So I get up there, and the PA doesn't work. 
I'm using a bingo PA. So I'm like, oh, and, uh, and I'm completely out of character, too, going, do you understand me if I talk like this? And I'm right here. Hello. Oh Hello. <laughs> You're looking around for a hidden camera. Yeah. For people then, who are around the world, apparently, we have, Andy, you said we have listeners in every country in the world now? Yep. Yep. So, for people who don't know this, Tower, Minnesota... I've never even heard of it. No. ...is the... It's called the, the nation's icebox. It is the coldest town in America in the winter. Oh, wow. Did, did you know that, Bob Ken? Well, that would make sense. I mean, it really was the cold... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Everything was... Everybody was... The only people who could make it... Vehicles couldn't make it to the gig. Only snowmobiles. Where is yeah. it exactly? I mean, it's on Way the Canadian border. Probably. It must be by International Falls. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of by. They there. say that, yeah. they, and they get a lot of uh, people who get uh, uh, DUIs on this snowmobile. Yes, they do. <laughs> you um, know, the end of that story I forgot was, uh, you know, Robin Williams is my friend, and and yeah. and uh, the next next day I was talking to him, and he goes, and he had did a gig at the White House. So you're at Tower and he's at the White House. Yeah. And he goes, you know, I really I really got rat fucked. They, they made me do two shows. And I'm like, really? Because yeah. I was in Tower, Minnesota last night using a bingo fucking PA. He goes, I get it. I get it. Fuck me. I go, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Soothing a crying chief. They rat fucked me. They made me do two shows. Oh, my. They, they really rat fucked me. I had to do two shows. Really? Because... <laughs> yeah, me. How did you get to Tower, Minnesota? Yeah, how do you get there? Uh, I actually, that's the other thing that's funny. It's a, it's a glamorous tour. It's usually me in a rental car. Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's, uh, yeah, so, and I had a feature who uh, was a nice guy, but he was uh, kind of, uh, kind of Gabby, and he also, uh, <laughs> he was like Chris Farley. He's just like the whole Aww. night. Remember, remember that time in Police Academy Four. Oh. Remember, oh. you weren't a gang leader anymore, and 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 the guy used the bathroom in a toilet up in the at a gas station, and I was so close to just fucking leaving him there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have been a really funny story, but then I I couldn't do it. But it would have been a great story. Remember. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, after after knowing Bobcat for 20, 26, 27 years, you've never struck me as the kind of guy that likes that kind of thing too much. It's like, really? Uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I, get un I get uncomfortable. And I think part of it is that I just don't like spending too much time being nostalgic. I, I really like uh, making new stuff and going forward. And, and, right. Uh, you know, you, you know, I'm not about to go into a bar and say, you know, normally I get all my drinks for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working for you. No, nah, it's not working for you. I'll tell you one thing. I, I just uh, was very, very happy when Catherine told me, uh, was the end of last week or early this week? When, when you locked in uh, the interview, uh, I think it was this morning. Yeah, it was <laughs> like last it was like well, three o'clock. Finally worked. I apologize for taking so long, but I, no, I no, am, no. Uh, you know, over the years, this is a, uh, your show has always been a, a, a huge, huge help and uh, a favorite to do, and you've always been such a nice guy to me. Well, that's nice to hear because, I, like I said, I've enjoyed the the relationship. I only see you once a year, usually, uh, and sometimes I'm not. Even there, when you're when you're around, one thing I, I did find kind of <laughs> one thing I enjoy about you actually is, um, like we were in Vegas and you you did uh, your show, and then I came over and I said, well, 
you know, you want to, uh, yeah, are you guys all set? I mean, you want to go have dinner? He goes, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, I kind of, I find that funny because I understand. Well, I'm, not, I'm not very gregarious, but uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think we both were kind of beat by the end of that. It was like, right. the crowd. The crowd was great, but it was also really funny how uh, it, they were like almost over enthusiastic. <laughs> they loved you. They did. They yeah. Well, oh, I had a good time, but it was just like it was. It was kind of crazy. Uh, it was yeah. actually really funny. And then the next day, people in the costumes, and yeah, it was. It was a blast. Yeah, it's a it's a bizarre. City. I guess no other radio station in America can do that. For some reason, we're the only ones that people will come and see in Las Vegas. I don't know why. I I, I don't know why that is. But because other radio stations have tried to do that, hey, we're going to go to Vegas and we're going to have you know anywhere from several at at the you know back when the economy was really healthy and you know nothing was ever going to go wrong, we had I think it was forty five hundred or five thousand people show up for the the the, uh, the the shows. Well, back when it was at the well, the Aladdin became what Planet Hollywood. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just amazed me looking out at all these fun. There, there, it's a two. It was the theater for the performing arts, is what it was called, and it, I think it seated forty five hundred, and it was full. And I looked out, and I went, "They're sitting watching people do a radio show," and that kind of amazed me. There's <laughs> not a whole hell of a lot going on until I still don't understand. <laughs> uh, thanks, Andy. Yeah, that's good. Andy. My son, I still don't understand why anybody likes. Well, it. I was just talking to mom actually about I don't get why people go see live music. It's like you got the CD. <laughs> <laughs> It clearly sounds better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sound quality is way better. You can sit, you know, by the fire or whatever and listen to your, <laughs> your, your CD. Nobody's going, woo! Yeah. <laughs> this fall, Willow Creek will come out. Now, now you said it is a horror film. It's, uh, yeah, it's suspense, you know. Um, just, you know, I just keep trying to make different kinds of movies because that's what's fun to do, you know. Right, um, right. I think it's funny, the movie I'm about to start is... is, is <laughs> It's kind of dark, and um, no. Well, when I say that, people go, "Well, what do you, yeah, of course, you know, all your movies are dark." But I, I, I think this is the first time I've actually had a protagonist that's nothing redeemable about him. So, really, it's uh, yeah, it, it is, it is about as dark as I've gotten. So, um, we'll see if uh, how people react to it. But um, you know, well, like I look at filmmakers like like Clint Eastwood, someone like that is someone I look up to. You know, people who or, or Steven Soderbergh, you know, guys who try all different kinds of movies all the time. I found it interesting that Joel Murray was actually the protagonist and antagonist at the same time. Yeah, I, I, you know, that was the experiment. And this one is more like, uh, let's see how far we can push it and see if you can make one that this guy is uh, is kind of really flawed and tragic. But um, uh, Because I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild or whatever, I get all these movies this time of the year. They send me CD or, or DVDs of these movies that are out. So I get... Uh, uh, we got Silver Linings Playbook, and we got Les we got Les Miserables, and what we got all these That's movies. Right. We got a whole bunch of movies, and then I get this package from Steven Spielberg, and I open it up. There's no DVD inside. There's just a placard that said, "We hope you enjoy our movie." It's like, fuck you! I'm not giving you the movie for free. <laughs> it was hilarious. Spielberg's cheap. Who knew? <laughs> the guy's a billionaire. It's like, fuck you! I'm not giving you the movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's an autographed photo. No, not even that. <laughs> I hope you like it. I don't want to ruin it for you. There is a story going around, and I understand that it's true. You know the Kobe Bryant story about Lincoln? No. 
They tell me this is a true story. Uh, apparently, they had a couple of you know road games or whatever, and they had nothing to do between the two games. One was on a Tuesday and one's on a Thursday, so there's nothing going on on Wednesday. So Kobe Bryant asked a bunch of his uh, you know teammates and some friends, well, well, let's go see Lincoln. And as they were walking out of the theater, two of his friends apparently said, I was just shocked that they shot him at the end. <laughs> I'm like what? <laughs> they were shocked. What a downer! <laughs> Man, I thought he was going to be fine. They Man. were shocked that he actually was killed at the end of the. We need to take him to JFK. They did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How's that going to work out? You're uh, you're quite the gentleman. Like I said, I I was shocked when I when I did call you uh, six months ago and uh, or five months ago, I think it was something like that. You responded immediately, and I understand you're you're a very very busy guy. And thank you for uh, thank you for doing this show. And I've got a small favor to ask. Oh, Catherine has a small favor. So when I call up Robin Williams and all these guys that are your friends, and I want them on the podcast, and I tell them that you said that they would do it, is that okay? <laughs> will that work? Um, sure. <laughs> I okay, will, I, I'm gonna I do will, it. <laughs> I will. I will put a, a. I can do as much as I can if you want. I will put a plug in the Mark and tell him that 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 if he does it, you guys will be uh, treat him very nicely. How's that? I think she was kidding, but I'm name dropping know. all over. No, the she. Place. I put a, I'll put a plug in. I don't know if it'll help, but it, you know that proves <laughs> that I am close. I'm one of the few people that can call him Mark. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> that is true, isn't it? I call him Mark so much that he calls himself Mark in third person when I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcat, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to when you're uh, when you're in Minneapolis at uh, at Acme Comedy. Matter of fact, uh, we we're opening our new uh, the, the the studio. We're building a studio in the Itasca building where Acme is actually located. We're building our, a new podcast studio there, and we're going to have our headquarters there. So uh, when you're in town, maybe we could uh, we could do one in person for you know. Not gonna hold you up forever, but that would be fantastic. All right. Hey. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, Bobcat. You're the best, man. Thanks so much. I was amazed that he he did that long. He's what a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry He's to hear about amazing. his daughter's diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she loves it when he tells that story. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But uh, you know, it it is honestly. I was telling the truth. It is really fun for me to see. You know, and Tony's got to be the same for you because you mm-hmm. were there in the very beginning when yeah. he came in and and. Uh, he started out as a bit player, and then he starred in the, you know some police academy movies, and then mm-hmm. you know uh, he would <laughs> set Jay Leno's set on fire. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But Jake's a clown. Uh, you know, he's involved in Scrooge, World's Greatest Dad in two thousand nine. Just the oh, bright guy. The I think mom has a question. <clears throat> Are we recording? Why do you? Have- We're oh, done. I wanted to make dinner. Okay, okay. <laughs> leaving now. Oh, I thought you were going to give some controversial <laughs> comment. You know, he is talented on so many different levels. It's amazing. He was just tremendous.